0: Michael Oshman here. I'm talking to Sean Hardin's PhD, who is the founder of MetaIntegral, which is an interorganizational ecosystem comprised of three companies: a tra- training academy, a consulting firm, and a grant-giving foundation. How you doing, Sean? Good. Great to be with you, Michael. It's uh, great to see you again. It's been actually a couple months <laughs> since I've seen you last. Uh, so you are an integral theorist and practitioner and scholar. Yeah. For our listening audience who don't have a background in Integral Theory, can you just kind of give us the two minutes on that and then we'll kind of do a deeper dive into who Sean Hargens is, what, what led you to the work, and then actually discuss the work that you are doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Integral Theory um, is best characterized as uh, integrative meta-theory and by that what we mean is it's a, it's a big theory. It's a theory that tries to account for all of reality. And so in order to do that, it weaves together wisdom and insight from psychology, behavioral studies, cultural theory, systems, sciences, and, and so forth. So it, it tries to really pull all the, the, you know, the, the tried and true insights from you know, the majority of the knowledge disciplines that you know, would represent you know, the departments on a typical college campus and it tries to weave them and integrate them into a coherent view of reality. So it's integrative, but it's a meta theory in that it's trying to weave together all the other
0: theories. Uh, originally formulated in, in a very public way by Ken Wilbur, but did not necessarily start with Wilbur. And that's how actually you and I know each other. We go back to around 2000 yeah. when uh, both of us were uh, part of the Integral Institute. Uh, tell us about your life that led you into the Integral Institute and then your work since then that led to the creation of Meta Integral.
1: Yeah, one, one maybe good place to start is when I was in college, I was you know, very hungry for, for knowledge and kind of a glutton for books. And, and I tried to triple major. I tried to major in philosophy, psychology, and biology, because I was studying animal consciousness. And to study animal consciousness, you really have to draw on those three disciplines. And so I tried to triple major, um, but then I decided to go overseas to Kenya for six months, which made it near impossible to um, triple major. And so I had to settle for essentially a double major with a minor. Um, But anyway, the point being that I was already, you know, as as a kind of a young man, trying to integrate multiple theories into a larger view of, of reality. And in this context, you know, what can we or can't we say about animals and their capacity to think and feel? And after that, I went to, into Peace Corps, which led me to Chad, Africa, where I would sit in my mud hut for long hours on, on many days and just read and read and read. So I read philosophy, I read psychology, I read environmental literature, I read the classics, I read poetry, you know, it just was like anything I could get my hands on. And in the course of my three years in Chad, Africa, I read around 200 books. and, and That process I came across Wilbur's writing and he provided a a simple framework that really brought a lot of that together and my mind just exploded and so at that point I was hooked and I was like all right this is what I want to do with my life I want to study these kinds of you know integrative meta theories that can just really bring together all the different insights from the different disciplines and create a coherent view of reality you know because I think one of the challenges we face in the 21st century is this the fragmentation of knowledge, the the siloed nature of it, the you know onslaught of it? There's so much coming at us. You know, the data is you know doubling and tripling on a rapid rate. And so, how to keep up with that? How to have a view of reality that can kind of you know keep pace with all of that? And so, I just really dove into Wilbur's work, and that led me to the Integral Institute and him inviting me there, and then we connected and. 2000, and yeah, so it's been quite a
0: ride before then and since then. Yeah, it definitely has been. When did uh, Meta Integral arise in your consciousness and was created? What year was that?
1: So I finished my PhD um, in 2005. Okay. And and I started teaching at a small, you know, graduate school here in the San Francisco Bay Area called John F. Kennedy University. I'm familiar with that one since I went there. <laughs> that's right. That's another one of our connections. Is. That's right, right. And so, while I was there, I launched a new program in integral theory. So, it was a master's degree. And we had, you know, a, in total about 80 students in it after a few years. Um, it was a big program, it was the first online program that they had had. <laughs> and so, I was the chair of that. And and I decided, along with a colleague, to start an international conference. And so we did that in 2008, and it was called the Integral Theory Conference. Well, it sold out with over 500 people in attendance. Um, We did it again in 2010. It was a biannual event. Um, We've done four of them, you know, in total so far. So in the second one, um, again, we basically sold out at around 500. And I was giving a number of presentations and emceeing, and just really involved with the delivery of that event. And I had, you know, essentially a transpersonal experience, um, and where I had this sense of my self identity expanding and kind of in, in including the whole conference, including all the people in the conference, and and the sense of just my my, my self boundary somewhat dissolving or expanding, depending on how you look at it such that the conference felt like it was occurring inside me in some kind of bizarre sense. Um, and and then I was on this like total high for about two weeks after the event where like I had expanded my, my 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 sense of reality such that like for two weeks after the event, I was just like kind of blissed out. So it was a very curious nice. kind of, you know, what a lot of the meditative traditions talk about and you know, was some version of, of that kind of you know, realization or, you know, kind of awakening in some sense. And in that space I I had this feeling I could either stay at JFK and be a, a big fish in a small pond, or I could leave JFK and be a small fish in a big pond and have more impact in the world than I was able to have in, in the academic setting I was currently in. So it was out of this this deep love I have for humanity and the planet and my deep love of integral theory. And I was just really wanting to bring those together and I was wanting to, to, to do something more impactful, bigger than, than I felt I could at the university. And so I essentially gave notice and decided to, to launch Met integral Foundation to fund people around the world who are doing innovative integral mm-hmm. projects. So projects you know, based on integrative thinking or integrative approaches which may or may not be related to Ken Wilber's work, but just more kind of integrative um, um, frameworks in general. And then I realized to fund the foundation, I needed an economic engine. So I decided to launch the academy as a training institute and the consulting firm, the associates, um, as a way of having two for-profit businesses that would give a portion, you know, like 5 or 10% of their revenue to the foundation as one way of funding the foundation, but you have to keep in mind: I'd not ever run a business; I had no idea what I was getting <laughs> into, and so I launched three startups at the same time, which I now would not wish on my worst enemy. It's a totally insane. <laughs>
0: uh, the gray in the beard—is that indicative yeah, yeah. Of, the, of the work? <laughs>
1: and yeah, yeah, it's it's been quite a process. I, you know, the learning curve has been really steep and. You know, I've made some horrible mistakes. And, you know, I've, I've we, we've also had a lot of success, but it's definitely been, it's a mixture, right? You know, right, and right, right. that's my style. So, like, just dive in the deep end and, you know, figure it out as I go and, you know, and just see what can
0: happen. I want to talk more about the Trending Academy, the Consulting, the Grant Giving Foundation, yeah. but you're also an author. There's one of your books. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about a few of the books you've written.
1: Yeah, so I, when I finish my... My dissertation, it was on what I call integral ecology, where I looked at basically 200 different schools of ecology or environmental thinking. Now, you have to keep in mind, almost each one of those schools actually has their own PhD program somewhere in the world. They have their own conferences. They have their own academic journals. So I'm really mean like 200 distinct disciplines of ecology and and ecological thinking. So my dissertation was about using the integral framework that Wilbur's presented as a way of bringing together the wisdom of all those different schools. And the idea being like, if we're going to really address our environmental issues, we need to draw on more than just two, three, five schools of ecology. We, we need to be drawing on dozens. And it was so ironic that ecology is a science of wholeness, essentially. And yet you have these schools of ecology that don't even know about each other. Mm-hmm. Like our academic landscape is so fragmented, so isolated, so siloed that they're you know, you know, the population ecologists don't talk to the community ecologists, don't talk to the evolutionary ecologists, don't talk to the eco-psychologists, don't talk to Mm. the deep ecologists, and you know, so so the dissertation was an attempt to try and present a, a big meta framework that could kind of hold a lot of that together. So my dissertation was about 300 pages in length, and after I finished it, I then approached one of the members on the committee, Michael Zimmerman, who you know. And your, your
0: all's book is up
1: there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I asked him if he would be willing to join me as a co author to expand the dissertation into um, a book that you know, could really serve you know, a much larger audience. And he, he was excited about it. So we expanded that 300 pages into a 1,200 page manuscript with 2,000 references and, um, and then published it. It's about 850 pages. So it's it's quite you know a you know a mammoth tome it is, and so that was kind of my first you know book, and then since then I've edited a number of volumes, and I just came out with a book called Metatheory for the Twenty First Century, which is edited with um, three other individuals, and it's the result of getting together the top scholars in integral theory, about fifteen of them, and the top scholars from another integrative metatheory approach called critical realism that's based in London. And having those two communities engage each other over um, the course of four years with an annual symposium where we would come together in person, we would debate ideas, we would compare notes. And so we have two volumes that have come out of that process. And the first one was just published, the second one will come out later this year. Nice. Uh, and yeah, so so yeah, I love writing. I have <laughs> <to> do more <laughs> academic writings, but now I'm, I'm moving more into kind of popular mainstream writings and I'm even thinking about doing a book on kind of integral business essentially um, and leadership development you know, which is an, another passion yeah. that I have and relates to the training academy and the consulting firm. But my, my core purpose is really to bring integrative ideas and make them more available so people can apply them in different domains because I feel like that's a really big contribution to facing the complexity we face is helping people use integral frameworks and apply them to education, research, medicine, sustainability, and so on. Before we get into the
0: training academy and the consulting firm, um, how have you transformed yourself over the years to both generate the big thinking and to keep up with the big thinking ideas and be able to translate them to for people so they can actually apply them in their lives?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know it's one is I, I read a lot. I just I'm consuming books all the time. You know, my wife is you know always teasing me when you know basically every other day there's a, a thing from Amazon. <laughs> um, and you know, so part of it is just reading a lot because I love reading stuff that that challenges my thinking that you know really kind of makes me reconceive my mental models. So I like I like reading a lot of fringe material. You know, that really is like kind of in a way out of left field because it's like it kind of keeps keeps the the mind loose and flexible. So that's one core practice. So it's not just consuming to have knowledge. It's actually choosing stuff that's kind of what in psychology we would call egodystonic, mm-hmm. right? That it actually challenges who I think I am, right? And so so that's been a core practice because that allows me to then make contact with ideas that I want to otherwise you know, come into contact with, or I'd be resistant to, or sometimes I am resistant to, I'm like, what are they talking about? they got to be beginning, right? So that's one practice. Another practice is, you know, therapy, you know, um, working out, um, meditation, right? What we would call an integral life practice, which mm-hmm. is, you know, engaging in various practices that exercise, you know, body, mind, spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And And just always being in deep inquiry about who am I, how am I showing up? How can I be a better communicator? And, and, and a big part of that is, is soliciting feedback, mm, right? Exactly. Actively asking people to give you feedback, right? Even when you actually don't want them to, right? You know? right so right, it's right. commitment to feedback, which is another way of, of basically, you know, working with material that part of you doesn't want to deal with.
0: Well, let me ask you that as a question because you and I are now working on a project together at Seal SealFit Unbeatable Mind Academy, which is awesome. It's great to work with you. It's been yeah, a, yeah, a while, awesome. uh, so it's nice to be with you again in, the, in that capacity. But you are very open to feedback and um, you know it, the intersubjective engagement. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, in my experience, I can make broad generalizations. Is a lot of people in the academic world are just big into ideas, don't necessarily have the capacity the EQ or the emotional intelligence and the social intelligence to engage that way. So, you know, tell me a little bit more about those kind of practices which allow you to to kind of deepen your connections with other people, have that curiosity, that care, that interest, that compassion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it's a it's a really powerful space. You know, and it's you know it's one of the things we really teach in uh, the the training academy, the leadership academy. It's like where a lot of the practices I do or I do with my colleagues like we then create an environment where we're teaching people those practices. But I think, you know, core of it is like, I just, I love this planet and it's like, I and, and humanity and I want to like help out and I realize that I'm often the biggest obstacle to mm-hmm. me being able to help out at the level and the depth that I want to. So it's like, there's this urgency inside me that just says, I don't have time for my own bullshit, right? Like, nice, like nice. I gotta get out of my own way. Right? So I think there's just this passion that burns in me along those lines that has just long ago realized that relationship is really important, taking the perspective of other people right, and mm-hmm. other ideas. Um, but even more than that, and here's three of the core practices I do and that we work with in Meta Integral, is perspective taking, right. perspective seeking, right. and perspective coordinating. Right? Okay. And so perspective taking is just using your mind to imagine what the viewpoints of other people or positions might be around any given topic or issue. Right? And I often joke you can do this in the comfort of your own mind. right? Like you, don't, you don't have to go very far. So, so that's a good initial practice to just start to see how, you know, for instance, like some conflict at work, how the different people involved might be perceiving that conflict and understanding it, making sense of it. And it helps you then dislodge from your own entrenched notion of, of the, the situation and how you're viewing it. Then perspective seeking is where you actually go and talk to the different perspectives. You talk to the different people and you ask them, how did this impact you? Like, what did you learn? Or why do you think Jane's the one that's at fault here? Or what about Mark, right? So perspective seeking is where you actually engage um, and, and people with people. And so unlike perspective taking, which requires an open mind, Perspective seeking really requires an open heart because if you're really going to ask people questions and and have curiosity and and, and engage in inquiry with them, you really need to have an open heart for that interaction to really be fruitful, right, and for people to sense that you're wanting to understand, that you're, you're, you're open to their viewpoint and you're not just trying to confirm your own biases through the interaction and so forth. And so the open mind helps you take perspectives. The open heart helps you to seek perspectives. And then the open belly or the Horace Center, right? Mm -hmm. So you just to work with that frame of those three major centers, then allows you to do perspective coordinating where you then engage those different perspectives at a deeper level. And you see where they're aligned or they're not aligned. And then you use integrative thinking to help bring it together in a way that hopefully is, is beneficial to as many people as possible. So these are just three examples of, yes. of core practices that I do that I think have emerged out of my deep commitment but also help support me in trying to bring these powerful integrative ideas actually down into relationship. So not just in the mind but actually bring them into living dialogical relationship with other people and then from there move it into actual skillful action in the world where people are then acting in a way that's integrative and and having more impact and more influence as a result right so it's kind of this movement from the heavens to the earth right right
0: so you mentioned these practices are something you teach at the training academy which is a great yeah. segue to talk about your training academy tell us a little bit more about that its structure its purpose who attends what they get out of it yeah. things like that.
1: great so it's called the Meta Integral Academy and, and it sits alongside the Meta Associates, which is the consulting firm, okay. and the Meta Integral Foundation, which is the grant-giving um, nonprofit. Now, all three entities are committed to supporting the embodied application of integrative approaches to contemporary issues, right? And so in this sense, we're always looking for what we call integral pioneers, like people who are pioneering integrative approaches in their businesses, their companies, their communities, their parishes, and so forth and they might not be familiar with integral theory, they might not be familiar with many different of the kind of integral approaches out there, but they're intuitively using an integrative approach. They're, they're finding their own unique ways of integrating. And so we really want to appeal to people who are either explicitly or implicitly integrative in how they move in the world. And so the academy really focuses on training leaders, whereas the associates focuses on supporting companies and organizations that want to bring more integrated frameworks to what they're doing. And then the foundation supports these kind of pioneers around the world who are leading projects in, in some form. So, in the Academy, our flagship program is what we call the Embodied Practitioner Certification Program. It's a nine month program, it's very intense. It has three five day um, in person seminars one at the beginning, one in the middle, and one at the end. And it combines, you know, I like the thing of it like the, the three C's. It combines college, right? So it brings a kind of academic dimension to what we do. There's nine different theories that you learn, and there's application books in each of those domains of theory. And then it brings, um, um, oh, let's, let's see, college, and then, oh, I'm, oh, my God, I'm forgetting the other C. <laughs> so it's about work and like, um, uh, oh, company. There we go, company. So it's about professional skills and like how to apply these ideas in real time, mm. in your companies, in your organizations, in your initiatives.
0: Like, and the, like management and leadership type skills. Yeah, okay.
1: exactly. Wow. Okay. Right. So there's an academic component, there's a professional training okay. skills component, yeah. and then the third C is cloister, which is mm. you know basically contemplative, okay. right, where we go okay. into you know different spiritual practices, mindfulness, meditation, um, somatic based inquiry right? So things that you know are kind of nonlinear, non-rational and that allow people to actually connect with a much larger you know field than themselves. So we really combine these three elements the the academics, the contemplative and the kind of you know organizational company kind of you know professional skills into this program. There's coaching and mentorship Um, you know you come in with a project typically and then you apply the practices and the frameworks that you learn to that project over the course of the nine months, getting support and mentorship from the faculty, from the mentors, from your peers, and and we also do pre and post um, testing on individuals using a number of psychometric assessments, and the results we've gotten are just you know out of this world. Like they show that people are developing one to two levels of vertical capacity in a nine-month period, which is practically unheard of. And the reason we're able to accomplish that is because we've studied what makes a, a very strong developmental container. Like how do we accelerate growth and development and integration? How do we stretch people's minds, hearts, and bodies, and then help them integrate that into becoming what I like to call a new human for the new world that's
0: demanding and needing them that's fantastic and uh, by the way I got the email I'll be taking my test shortly <laughs> oh yeah that's
1: right you're gonna do it I'm yeah, excited
0: I appreciate that yeah. um, so that's the uh, training academy you yeah. briefly mentioned the consulting firm tell me about some of not necessarily who your clients are but some of the clients you work with and what you're attempting to do with them
1: yeah we work with you know small boutique companies you know as well as big you know international you know um, very well recognized companies I can share a couple names. You know, it's like, in, and we have offices in Australia, um, Brazil, and the U.S., and we've done work in Russia and Canada, and you know, so we we really are a global network of integral consultants, and we tend to focus on leadership development, but we also do cultural change and even kind of s- systemic um, changes and you know, strategy and so forth, and you know, we we're essentially helping. These organizations and their leadership navigate the complexity they're facing. And there's been a number of, of you know studies. In fact, IBM did a study a couple years ago and they interviewed 1,500 CEOs around the world. And the vast majority of those CEOs, like 70 percent of them, basically said they don't feel their executive leadership is capable of dealing with the complexity they're facing in wow. business landscapes, right? So there's what we call this complexity gap, where people's mental and emotional capacity is falling short of what it needs to be in order to really navigate um, contemporary business realities, especially at you know, you know, national and, and multinational global scales. Right. So more and more businesses are coming to us um, to support their leadership and developing the capacities to navigate that complexity. And so we've worked with IBM in Brazil, we've worked with the government in Australia, we've worked with a big telecom um, you know, um, company in Australia, we worked with the Nature Conservancy, um, which is the largest you know, private you know, NGO on the planet. Um, we've worked with Google and Microsoft. So we've been able to really work with some you know, household names. Mm-hmm. It's been very exciting because we're a pretty small firm, but, but given those companies are seeing the value in what we're offering, and are calling us into their boardrooms into their you know team meetings into their you know leadership programs you know to me it's a very exciting yeah, signal exactly. that the world is ready and really needs more integrative approaches
0: that's fantastic and uh, as you said much needed yeah, yeah. Uh, especially in the 21st century things get a little crazy fast and complex <laughs>
1: yeah. it's it's unbelievable how much we're expected to you know um, kind of hold and and this is where kind of the spiritual or mindfulness piece comes in because one of the things we cultivate in our leaders, both in the academy and also with the executives we work with in the context of the associates, is the ability to stay present um, in the face of chaos, right? And that's one of the core leadership capacities to really be able to make good decisions, even when a lot of things are coming at you. So it's basically the ability for people to slow time down, mm-hmm. you know, in like a first person sense and make the right call and not get overwhelmed and flustered with everything that's happening and to get emotionally charged so that then they're, they're losing sight of the core principles they're wanting to follow. You know, so you know, basically body presence, emotional intelligence, interpersonal capacity and mental complexity to hold more and work with multiple systems in a concurrent way are essentially the skills that we you know,
0: teach and train people. That's awesome. So you all, the third component component is the uh, Grant Giving Foundation, and I actually don't want you to jump into that one because I'm going to have you back on, we've already discussed this, and yeah. talk about very specific grants you've given, who you've given it to, the effects that you know, that you found in, in, in the organizations that have utilized your grants and stuff. Um, but what I would like to have you do is talk more about some of your books.
1: Because right. I've already showed Great. one,
0: Integral Theory in, in Action. Yeah, you, You've written quite a few, and you also have been published, and you've in, in other places as well, so I want to make sure that people have the opportunity to hopefully purchase your books or yeah. find your materials elsewhere, so a little bit better both. Yeah, great.
1: So so yeah, we talked about the Integral Ecology book yeah. and then after that I came out with two books we're kind of back to back. They were came out in 2010 and one is called Integral Theory in Action, which you just held up. Yeah and that basically collects the best papers out of the first Integral Theory Conference, right? So the first Integral Theory Conference in 2008, we had 500 people attend, and we had about 100 presenters. And those 100 presenters came from 30 countries, you know, in the world, and really were kind of the best and brightest of the integral community. And then there were about 10 papers that won best paper awards in different categories. And so I just collected those papers, edited them, worked with the authors, and then put them in that book so that that book could then serve as a nice kind of introduction to integral theory and its multiple applications. And so there's chapters in there on applying the integral model to, um, you know, diagnosis of mental illness, to looking at organizational leadership, to looking at, um, you know, the research that's being done using integral theory. and. Um, you know, and so forth. So it's a real nice kind of sampling. It's like a buffet, an integral buffet. And at the beginning of that is a chapter I wrote on an overview of integral theory, which many people have said that they feel it's one of, if not the best, kind of introductions to integral theory. Because Wilbur's published, you know, around, you know, I don't know, it's like 8,000 pages of material, right? And he's got eight volumes of his collected works, and so there's, there's a lot, and it's like it's not always clear where to start and that introduction which is essentially like 25 pages you know gives a nice high-level overview with some really concrete examples of you know what is integral theory so that book is a really nice starting point we actually require it as reading in the leadership program that I was talking about before great Um, one of the the other book that came out that same year is called integral education and this is an edited volume that I did with two colleagues and it focuses on higher education so you know graduate school and um, has a number of authors who are pioneering integrative approaches to education around the world and so we showcase their work so some of its theoretical some of its practical and then at the beginning of that book um, the three of us the three editors wrote a really powerful introduction and overview of the field of integral education and we identify like eight to ten key characteristics of integral education right, and, and that we kind of gleaned from all the different examples. So it's kind of like a meta synthesis of like, okay, given everything we're publishing here and the chapters and, and stuff we're aware of elsewhere, this seems to be the core characteristics of integral education that distinguish it that from traditional or mainstream education and distinguish it from alternative or holistic education. Because those are often, you know, kind of paired off in a binary sense. Um, and and so integral education is trying to take the best of traditional mainstream approaches and the best of alternative or holistic approaches in fact when i was getting my degree my phd i was getting it from you know an alternative holistic graduate school called the california institute of integral studies but it, on some level it was it was unsatisfactory because it just represented the holistic approach. So then I would take extra classes at UC Berkeley, um, (laughs) which is a very mainstream traditional approach, um, because I was also hungry for that kind of education. So in a way, integral education is is trying to bring the best Mm -hmm. of both of those models of education together. And so that book gives a lot of examples of of what
0: that looks like. Before you go into any others, uh, your integral theory in action, you said, is from your conferences. Um, And your conferences are actually available on audio... Where they can, are. Yeah, I, I have them, but I don't recall where I got them. Can you tell right. folks how to find them?
1: Yeah, there's a Meta Integral Store, store. Right, that has all the audios from the, the four previous conferences, and then has the, all the articles that have been published in the Journal of Integral Theory and in Practice, which is another one of my projects. You know, the last nine years I've been the executive editor of this right. peer review right. academic journal. And we've published, you know, you know, two to four issues a year with, you know, over 100 authors. And there's probably about three, 400 articles. Mm-hmm. And so each of those are sold individually and as, you know, a, a standalone issue. So all of that's in the Meta store and the URL escapes me. But I believe if someone just Googles Meta store that it should come up.
0: Um, uh, and if they go, if they Google Meta Integral, it also they'll be able to find your training academy, your consulting firm, and your grant giving foundation as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's just MetaIntegral dot org or
0: dot net. They all take you to the one big website. Now, I, I, I'm going to imagine people get excited by your work as you get excited by everyone else's work. Uh, <laughs> would they be able to find all of your writings uh, on Meta Integral, or are there other locations to find your writings?
1: Yeah, you know, the. Books aren't sold on the store. You know, the different articles I've published in the journal are found in the store. Okay, the talks that I gave at the conferences that were recorded or, you know part of the audio, um, you know, library and so forth. You know, Amazon is mm-hmm. as good a place as any. You know, to um, access the books that I've done, and yeah, so that's probably the best place to go for the, the published books.
0: Fantastic. Well, Sean, I appreciate your time. Looking yeah. forward to having you back. So I want to do a deep dive into some of the grant you given to whom and what, what they've accomplished and what you've learned in the process. I uh, definitely encourage folks to check out Meta Integral. You either do your training academy, having worked with you, I highly recommend it, uh, hire you as a consultant, to actually to having worked with you in that c- capacity now, highly yeah. recommend that as well. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you and I are now working on a, a project, uh, Seal Fitz Unbeatable Mind Academy. So uh, I get to see you in action, which is great. And I'm actually going to see you about a month and a couple weeks uh, yeah. in San Diego. So that would be great, too. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to leave for our listening and viewing audience? Words of wisdom from Sean Hargens?
1: You know, the thing that comes is just this sense of how amazing life is. And, you know, to, to just be present to one's passion... And, and follow it, you know, I hope my life is a, an exemplar of that, of, of just like kind of seeing what makes me feel alive and then just following that in a like relentless way. Because I really feel that when people follow what makes them alive, then that's, that's the context out of which they can give their biggest contribution to the world. So, so that's what I, I would leave you with today.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Sean.
1: <laughs> All right. Great to connect. All right, buddy. Later.